1950s set stand-up comedy drama The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel just aired its fourth season on Amazon Prime, and it's a corker. We're going to put on our best pillbox hats and deconstruct the season, what we think about the Lenny Bruce arc, the endless parade of rat-faced Gilmore men, and Midge's future in television. I'm Tara Thorne, and this is The Tideline. favorite artist on the earth, Don Brownrigg, released a new song last week. And not only that, it was produced by Aaron Costello. So let's kick off the show with a sweet new tune. This is called The Same Time. It's the love we make. It's the smile you fake. Can't be the hand you take in the heart you break at the same time. At the same time. Can be the one you love and the one you don't Can't be here for you and left all alone At the same time At the same time I could wait for you to make up my mind Some sense of all of these blurry lines. But who am I? Who am I? You decide. You decide. Like a song you hate by your favorite band. Place you crash, a safe place to land at the same time. At the same time, it's just highs and lows, it gets hot and cold, so it's on we go as we're growing old at the same time. At the same time. Make 
Sherman Palladino is a television writer and director best known for creating Gilmore Girls. She's also the mind behind the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which just finished its fourth season on Amazon Prime. It sounds like she's going to be on the show, but that's hilarious. I've instead brought in a couple of my ride or dies, Denise Williams and Holly Gordon, and we're going to dig into it now. The Gilmore Cinematic Universe. That's not right. The Sherman Palladino Cinematic Universe, also not correct. Television Universe? Yeah, I was going to say, it's Telesonic? Telesonic. Telescopic Universe? Hi, Denise. Hi, Holly. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I've known both of you for a long time. I met you both at the coast many years apart. And you never worked together. No, we, we never worked together. Did you meet on our trip to Detroit? That's when we met. I'd forgotten that was the first time. I know. That was only a few years ago, was it? <laughs> what year was that? 2017? 18? Oh, I was yeah. in Ontario, so it was after 2016. I think, I think 17. And Holly was in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And now you're both here. <laughs> Just wait. You can wait. Love comes back. <laughs> comes back. Just wait. Okay, we're not here to talk about our relationships. We're here to talk about this show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I love. And I'm so happy to see... After Gilmore Girls got completely kind of snubbed for like awards things, it's nice to see the Paladinos. Well, not Daniel because we hate him, but it's nice to see Amy (laughs) kind of get her due, I think, many, many years after Gilmore. So I love this show. Only eight episodes this season. What were our general impressions? I thought it was pretty good. I really loved it. Um, I really loved how we were just kind of thrown back into all these ridiculous scenes like that roller coaster scene where or, sorry not the roller coaster the, the ferris like, wheel the ferris wheel yeah that other theme park thing at coney island yeah um yeah. where they're all just yelling at each other from different cars and i didn't realize how much i'd missed that and also how annoying it is at the same time <laughs> like i have a very complicated relationship with those scenes um but it was also really nice to see a lot of it come together but i was also really frustrated by a lot of midge's storylines as mm-hmm. i think we will get to Yes. You're, uh, you're leaning back. You're <laughs> um, Yeah, there was a lot that annoyed me about this season, um, but there was a lot that I was really happy to see. And I think the like, just the just the increasing range they have with production value is really exciting, yes. especially as we watched like the strip club evolve and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, that that I think for me is like the, really the highlights of the show that I can I I can get past the things that annoy me because of those things. Yeah, that strip club kept, was like getting Broadway level by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just outlandish numbers yeah, with that, full sets. Yeah, the final scene was very fussy. It was very It was very fussy. Yeah, and I, I really do think that's a difference between the show and Grandma Girls, which of course was on the WB network, which was not a high-end network. Now it's, you know, it's a streamer. They clearly have a ton of money and they can clearly do whatever they want. I'm thinking about the synchronized swimming opening from the past, her performing at the USO shows. Like, yeah, they clearly just have all the money that they want. Yeah. And Lenny Bruce's Carnegie Hall set. It was just like, mm-hmm. it was so stripped down, but also really rich. And 
I don't know, the camera work was really fascinating. It was. I feel like that also must have cost a lot of money. And I feel like that audience was probably fake. Yeah, they shop like during COVID. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he was he sold out Carnegie Hall. Like They had to be digitally inserted. I don't know why I said insert it like that. <laughs> I know you said that after we watched it, but then I meant to look back and see like if there's, I could spot the face. Yeah, there's scenes where Midge is like in amongst the crowd that clearly were people, but I feel mm. like the crowd shots are are like when they faked all the Forrest Gump like crowd scenes. I also feel scenes. like that was where I started noticing that maybe like some of the extras are not dressed as well. And, <laughs> and so it would be really funny <laughs> so if, if it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was true that like the Photoshop crowd was the one that was really like t-shirts. <laughs> got- like we just got this from a football uh, game. Stock photos <laughs> from like the Gap catalog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I should have started the episode by saying two things. One, spoilers, obviously, spoilers for all the Sherman Palladino telescopic universe. Um, and also, maybe I should talk about what this show is in case you don't know. Maybe I should mention that, mm-hmm. which is about a woman who gets dumped by her husband who s- leaves her for his secretary in the 50s and she becomes a stand-up comedian, um, which um, is something else that we talked about because we watched the finale together and um, I can't tell which part is like um, me and my jaded 2022 views of the world and which is like good writing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, in what way? Well, I think the like Midge uh, Midge's ex father in law has a heart attack, and then she comes out and does a set about nurses, like women. They're keeping us all up, and we're like, mm-hmm. we know. But like, <laughs> do you think it's it's it like? Do you feel like that's too on the nose, or kind of like, yeah, they are, they were, and she, she it would have been outlandish for her to say this. I wonder if for Midge it needs to be said, like, because mm. she doesn't really internalize, like, she. Her life embodies a lot of that and what she's decided to do since Joel was an idiot and left her for his secretary named Penny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like she she still lives a very bougie, bougie, gendered lifestyle. And so I think maybe she needs to say it aloud. So it probably feels really on the nose. Well, it did feel really on the nose for us, but was maybe supposed to feel heavier. But it is the late 50s. So I also think that as a sort of delivery vehicle for you know looking back at feminist issues from another era that the the whole the whole concept of it being the main character being like a stand-up comedian is it just works really well because these things can be delivered in sort of like one scene you know one monologue kind of um formats and I think you can see them struggling like throughout the actual plots sort of get those points together mm-hmm. so succinctly or like so consistently yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense and i like mm-hmm. sometimes there are too many monologues where you're just <laughs> like no thank you well to go back to your point about the ferris wheel that was a great thing that they were doing and it was super funny but it went on for so they don't know when to stop i th- i honestly think it's like we're up we're at coney island we came all the way out here we're gonna film as much as we mm-hmm. want and we have the audience or we have the money and we're gonna do yeah everything we feel like doing. I just hated that scene. You did? <laughs> I loved it so much. Every car had something funny going on in the back. I know, but it's just like, it's 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 the, um, it's the, you know, so much of the show's about kitsch or like the, the mm-hmm. it's it's very purposely 
kitsch. And I feel like scenes like that are where it takes it like too far over the top for me. Mm-hmm. And so each each of those individual things that were happening, you know, I was like very charmed by or it was done well. But all of it together, like I just I found myself just like, oh, please no. <laughs> it is all it is all the things that people hate about Gilmore. And I think like the Paladino vibe, like you you're in it or you're out of it. It's yeah. like Tori Amos or something. It's like there's no casual <laughs> fandom of this world yeah and it's heightened i think in Maisel because the sets are so elaborate and it feels like broadway and so if you weren't in it previously you're definitely not going to be in it this time but maybe i don't know i'm in it all the time (laughs) i'm i'm really right there and ready to go yeah same (laughs) yeah but they've i mean if you look at the sort of trajectory of like theatricality of like gilmore to say bunheads to Maisel, it's like this is where they've gone like full, full steam on it. And mm-hmm. for me, that's where it's sort of like I really like the theatricality, but um, I think that they lose a lot of the nuance mm. that's sort of necessary for a lot of the issues that they're dealing with. Mm. Um, my personal opinion is that Bunheads was sort of this perfect middle because Sutton Foster was a little over the top theatrical for me, but her character had spent her whole life in theater and so it was like oh of course of course that's how this person would talk it was not like forced or ah bunheads what a wonderful show like i wanted i never wanted more gilmore i wanted more bunheads well you had seven seasons and one of them sucked yeah (laughs) (laughs) you don't get a do-over amy except you did and you fucked it up so badly like in sixth season you wanted more gilmore i did i did do you remember that holly and i watched the that year in the life together and i was like i will stay off the internet for the day had each other we did have each other and i was like keeping a note of things i wanted to tweet Mm. when when i was done and i had a list of like 50 things that i hated about it and so when people were texting me like did you see this gilmore what's that about i'd be like screenshot here's my notes (laughs) please pay me to write these things (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing to me that the same person can be behind all of these things. Like you had whatever it was, 10 years, not quite, a long time to go, here's four hours of television and you're going to be given all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it, were they an hour and a half? They were long. Six, long. It was like a movie each season. And they're terrible at seasons anyway. Yes, and, like, and they were terrible in that process. Yeah. Of, it was like, like Lorelai and Emily had a big fight and they were going to therapy and then three, like, fall it was they were in therapy still it like it just started it's like guys I remember complaining about that I I don't remember I've like blocked out a lot of those four episodes but um yeah I remember complaining about that specifically yes it's like they have no idea of time what they is don't. the timeline what they is- don't I think that's Californians for you I think you they don't know about seasons like when we were watching Halloween the reboot and yes they were trying to oh no sorry the old the one. original yeah the original and then we were like this is obviously in California, but there's like oh, yeah. snow and rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what it's supposed to be like outside. Chicago. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, Haddonfield. Uh, we're getting off topic. Um, no, do ne- never apologize for getting off topic. <laughs> I'm apologizing for myself. Um, one scene that I thought rang really hollowly, actually, it, it, it started great and then it didn't work out. Um, so Midge gives this, does a bit at like a Kennedy fundraiser and she starts talking about, um, about, this guy she slept with who was fucking Milo Ventimiglia, my mortal enemy. I hope he knows that. Bad Gilmore Man, one of three we saw this season. Max Medina and Digger. 
I don't oh. need these faces in my life in the year 2022. See, I've forgotten Digger already, too. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw him the most. We did. We did. Too. <laughs> and so she gives this speech about, uh, she does a bit about, you know, uh, cheating husbands, basically. And Jackie Kennedy, who Denise did not even realize was in the room, that's how <laughs> bad not, the, how bad the oppression was, <laughs> starts weeping openly in this room. And I just don't think she would have done it. That Midge would have done it? Or no, I don't think Kennedy? Jackie would have had that reaction. I think she was well-versed at this point in composure in public. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like, I felt like that scene was really taken out of, taking me out of the season because, well, first of all, Midge, Midge made a pact not to do any opening acts because she wants to do things her own way, but then mm-hmm. she does this Kennedy thing, mm-hmm. and it's like, you can't do the jokes that you normally do, but we really want this, this, oh, yeah. this set or whatever, and I'm just like... What do you do? You want this or do you not want this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, yeah, it it was. I found it really frustrating. Well, totally. especially since she immediately turned down Tony Bennett after that, and we we had a discussion about that. Hmm. Also, the comedy was bad. <laughs> it was. Well, she was trying to be sanitized. I thought for these like like dar ladies, basically. Yeah, but all of the comedy was bad. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, the whole season. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been blown away. I haven't been blown away by much. Yeah, I there wasn't did, much I was really excited about. I did rewatch the season finale of season one where she does that big set, but like redeeming set at the end, opening for Lenny Bruce. And the comedy was really, really good. Hmm. And comparatively, there was a, a big difference, I think, which like they're not comedians writing like sets for comics for. Yeah, which seasons. I think why Jen Kirkman is involved. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, I, I think they that. have they have like. It's listed as consultant, consultant or something yeah. like that. Okay, but yeah, like I think I I did not rewatch season one, but if my memory is serving right, um, I feel like the comedy early on was like very punchy as stand up, mm-hmm. and now it's sort of evolved into this thing where she's like, I'm gonna say whatever I want to say, but like it doesn't have the same punch anymore. It doesn't have like because it's not a standard setup punchline. Yeah, it's more like, conversational. Clearly, like, her her audiences are laughing, but yeah. they're written that way. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> written and directed. I'm, like, I'm not laughing a lot. Um, and it seems like more about moving the plot along than actually like proving her as a stand up comic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Shy Baldwin. So Shy Baldwin was the fin- season finale of last year. So she'd been on tour opening for this soul singer who was secretly gay, and she like accidentally. <clears throat> but everyone kind of knew, outed him at the Apollo and he left her standing on the tarmac. She thought she was going to Europe and he left her standing there. And then they we come back this year and she goes to Shy Baldwin's wedding to a woman and then they have this showdown in the bathroom. I thought it was terrifically done. What did you all think? I really liked all that. I liked, I liked, I thought the wedding was amazing. I thought, you know, just this sort of picture of her and Susie like, sort of lurking in the corner oh, so you know funny punching things out of waiters hands and like just being like the hugest jackasses um was very entertaining yeah you know the name dropping the like the glitz of it and all the all the stuff and then also their um <clears throat> I really liked their um their conversation in the bathroom like I thought yeah. it was that was really well done um but it it to me like that was it was the first time since any of that happened that Midge has in any way taken any responsibility for what she did. Mm-hmm. And this is where we sort of run into like this huge blind spot about the writing around Shy Baldwin. And that's that, you know, like even early on, there's sort of this thrown off side comment where um, this would have been in season three, I 
think. Uh, yeah, season three, um, where she doesn't remember that he can't stay in her hotel. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, so she's first of all, like, really oblivious to his experience as, like, a black entertainer on the road. Yeah. And then once she discovers that she's gay, she's also quite oblivious. And it's also very unfortunate that the only way that they present him being gay is, like, violent. Yeah. You know, that, that like, that this only comes out because he's been beaten up by mm-hmm. a lover or, you know, kind of thing, which and we the, assume is, like, a one-night stand. Yeah. And then she helps him through that, too, where she gets to be, like a hero quote unquote Mm -hmm. but it's like you're not really yeah and it's made clear that this happens all the time because the band is all like very at their when they say that thing about like it's a stool show you know like Mm -hmm. they know he's been beaten up you know and so it's it's just this like very sad sad picture and then she accidentally out of nervousness like outs him and then all we ever hear about it after that is like how angry she is that he left her on the tarmac Mm -hmm. that he didn't explain that he didn't give her a chance like all this stuff when she, when the the first episode of season four, when she shows up in her like, I don't know, her like beatnik pants or whatever, with her <laughs> yeah. like, Revenge. with her like anger sweater, yeah. you know, <laughs> so mad. Her beatnik pants oh, that we never so saw angry. again. But yeah, she just went straight back to like the pink dresses. Um. Anyway, it's like she's so angry. She's so angry, but like at no point was she like, ooh, right. you know, maybe I should, maybe I should have thought a little harder about. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the other thing is that. You know, the wedding makes it, like, more clear every minute that he's been stripped of everybody who supports him. Yeah. That he's completely alone, that he's just sort of being, like, herded and managed by all these people. And he can't be himself at all. And then she walks away from him in the end with this, like, I've learned my lesson. You know, like, well, I'm not going yeah, to make that mistake twice. I think she thinks that because she didn't take the deal. She didn't take the bribe. Really? Right. Don't you? But, like, I think that's where her, like... I'm a hero vibe comes from. Yep, I don't want your dirty money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean when he's looking for a friend. Oh, yeah. And then she sees him alone outside of the... Yeah, like she. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't talking about the bribe. Oh, I meant sorry. like she had a moment of being like, oh, my God, there's Shy. He's completely alone. I've now seen like the whole picture. And she's like, mm, gets in the cabin, like never... Thanks about it. See, I didn't, when we saw her get into the cab, Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure that that's what she was thinking. I was Mm -hmm. just like, is she feeling, like, I know she's finally apologetic for the first time the entire season, um, which was a really nice scene. And it, like, I really appreciate those vulnerable scenes because I feel like (laughs) I don't care that her parents are homeless. Like, there are so many things about Mm -hmm. her family that I'm just like, (laughs) you're going to be fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then this is a storyline where, like, he might not be fine. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's her fault that a lot of this has happened. But mm-hmm. I, w- I don't know. I wasn't sure that she was feeling that way. I wanted her to be, but I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, you might be right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this goes to a larger point about Sherman Palladino women, and I did write about this in my book. Cannot wait. Woo-hoo. Fall 2023. <laughs> um, which is that they're dicks, and I think they're <laughs> they're made in Amy's own image because she's kind of a dick too. So uh-huh. you think about. Lorelai, you think about Michelle and Bunheads and mm-hmm. Midge, um, and they are all played by very charming women that you're like, I forgive you because you're pretty. Mm-hmm. But like, I think if they were played by colder people, you would forgive them nothing. And we've all had our time to reevaluate Rory Gilmore. Oh my God. <laughs> 
How things have aged. <laughs> Again, you're like, oh, I'm a little deer. I wouldn't hurt anyone. I'm so smart. She gets dressed by birds. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do think a lot of her her characters are super self-centered. They're super selfish. And the worlds at large are kind of, you know, she's been criticized a ton for they have, they've been quite white. And I've, I've noticed this season of, of Maisel especially, a ton of the background has been very diverse, even mm-hmm. though Shy's, Shy and now Dinah... Um, uh, Susie's secretary, they're the only kind of uh, characters of color that have main kind of speaking parts. Um, but, um, but we've, we, but, you know, she's still, but they still make fat jokes. They still All make the gay time. jokes. Like gay people didn't even exist until Susie and they're only really acknowledging it now. And she hasn't even said it. And Holly, you pointed out that they're like, People are continuously misgendering yes. Susie, and it's like played for laughs. And I, because I went and rewatched a little bit of the first season, it's been I like not that I haven't noticed, but I didn't notice how often it was, and it's been happening since the show started. But in season four, twenty twenty two, you think maybe you would do it less, yeah. but they did not do it less. It mm-hmm. was like every episode, maybe every second episode. I find it very infuriating. Yeah, and when that whole bit with John Wanders in the park, and we're like, "Oh yes, we're admitting it. Susie's gay. We're gonna. It's gonna be a whole thing. Maybe she's gonna date Jane Lynch, another one of my mortal enemies." Um, <laughs> no, but they they did it, but they still just went, "Eh, whatever." Like they sort of did it. Was Michelle gay in the reboot? Like he had a boyfriend, didn't he? In oh, in the Gilmore reboot, oh. I think that that was maybe alluded to. Like, again, ever, like I don't think we Michelle ever saw him. Taylor, like. Just yeah. nobody. The reboot is in, is in like a cave in my brain. Yeah. I cannot access the I would details. prefer not to acknowledge it, honestly. <laughs> so one thing, one thing about the Midge trying to, I don't know, help Susie with her sexuality, like as if, mm. as if that's a thing that needs to happen. Um, yeah. So this, this idea of like, you know, Midge, who's this like oblivious, selfish person, <laughs> but every once in a while she like swoops in to be like the hero to someone. She decides that, you know, she's got to like <laughs> suss out Susie's sexuality and I don't know help her get laid or something um and uh and at one point when she tries to take Susie to like a lesbian bar Susie's like are you joking like I know where all the lesbian <laughs> bars are I don't need your help thank there's you there's like eight in my neighborhood <laughs> um and I I just I thought that plot line was classically terrible midge um but I really liked that that's what Susie said about it you know, it was just like, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, like mm-hmm. Susie was trying to do business. Mm-hmm. They're like yeah. trying to talk about, trying to talk about Midge's life. And she's like, what do you think? You like her or whatever? It's like, what, like, what is this? Yeah. But, like that. that's the thing. That's also why people hate Lorelai. And sometimes I hate Lorelai is that she can be an oblivious asshole. Mm-hmm. But then she does like, she tries to do the nice thing that she thinks people are going to applaud her for. Or maybe that's not the, that's not like the motive, but I, it seems like it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think like Amy is like a, like a hero for me in terms of in terms of writing and in terms of um uh, uh character, like the, the characters that she does create, which I kind of go whenever I talk about the problems, I go, what do you like about this show? And it's like, well, everyone's really smart. Everyone's really witty. Like everyone talks really quickly. Um, All that stuff. Like it's fun to watch. But I do think she has great moments and I that I think she's tried to create recreate on Maisel, but we don't have the relationship with those parents that we did with Emily and Richard, mm-hmm. where she tries to create mm-hmm. these sort of intergenerational moments of like, oh, I like she tries to draw the line to be like, you're this way because your parents are this way and they know they're wrong, but they can't change now. Like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which doesn't work as much with Abe and Rose. 
No, and there I I don't know. I really don't like Abe, and I feel like there's a lot of people who love him. Um, but he just <laughs> Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> he's just so toned up all the time. He speaks, he never listens. He's just so exhausting, and he's constantly running around the apartment, just like yelling at people about different things that nobody cares about except for him. And I'm like, I cannot buy into the situation. And I don't know. The relationship yeah. doesn't feel real to me. And nobody likes Rose. So it's like, Ugh, Rose is no Emily Gilmore. I'm sorry. But Just- here's the thing about all three of them. And that's that they are people. And actually, especially Midge and Abe, um, they want they want credit for changing. They mm. want credit for changing radically. But they don't want to actually suffer any of the like responsibilities or consequences of those changes. And so they don't want like, they want to move into exactly the same apartment that they had before. Mm -hmm. They want to like keep up exactly the same image they had before. They want exactly the same level of like wealth and um, privilege, but they also want to be able to like push boundaries or, you know, like the, the, the idea that, that, Anybody at any wealth level could be like a stand-up comic, like male or female, and still have all those things is just nuts. Yeah, on the, you know, like to begin with as mm-hmm. a starting point. Yeah, or yeah. like Abe's new job at the Village Voice, <laughs> which would pay two dollars a week then and now. And it's the opposite of what we always complain about: is people not talking about where they get their money from, and they won't say that Midge owns the apartment has like probably made a dumb decision to buy this very expensive mm-hmm. apartment that she cannot mm-hmm. afford. Um, but she is like supporting his dream, I guess, to be a disruptor at the Village Voice <laughs> theater reviews. I, I, just... I did love that. That was one of my favorite scenes, though, where he trashes their like childhood boys <gasps> play on Broadway yeah, really and everyone funny. yells at him at the at the bar mitzvah. Yeah. I do think those are the some of the best scenes in this season, but I just think it's such a ridiculous storyline to begin with in terms of privilege and how things have, I don't, I don't know, how how their family connects and yeah. exists in the world. Or like it's more acceptable to try to like defraud your baker than oh, to yes. just like adjust your expectations. <laughs> or like not eat so many cakes. Yeah. <laughs> not for body shaming reasons, Sell for budgetary reasons. Speaking <laughs> of body shaming reasons. Yes, yes. <laughs> Amy Sherman-Palladino is horrific at fat shaming. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, again, this season, it's 2022, which I feel like we could probably say any of the years that this stuff came out. But like within the first two minutes of the first season, we have three fat shaming jokes. Mm -hmm. Like she's really happy she has a fat roommate so that she can't steal her future husband. Mm -hmm. And it's just like there's no – it's not subversive. No, it it pays off 0%. No. Mm -hmm. 0%. Um, we also haven't talked about May. We have not talked about May. We're not fans of May. Mm, not fans I, of May, but also not fans of how she is. I feel like May May has not been treated well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So May is Joel's girlfriend. Joel, we don't we don't need to waste too much time on that little <laughs> rat know, face. Just no. <laughs> he gets a lot of time. Amy also loves her rat faces, and all of them were paraded <laughs> across the screen this season. So like just unappe- loves unappealing men. yes so may i think yeah it's sort of set up as this alternate to midge where she's like self-made her parents kind of are running some sort of i was gonna say is she self-made if her parents are running or like chinese gambling mafia (laughs) i don't they seem to be in charge (laughs) but i guess she comes from a position of power at least 
I don't know. But not in the city in Chinatown specifically. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, anyway, so now she's pregnant. <sighs> I love that we just jumped straight to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a device. Um, it's a, it's all, it's a big TV device. And, uh. I, I hope it means there's no getting back together for Joel and Midge in the final season. That is all I don't want. Well, I am afraid that it's going to mean that, I mean, I hope that she makes a decision that makes sense because we know that Amy loves a pregnancy storyline. Mm-hmm. Amy does love a baby story. I mean, yeah, that's what broke up Christopher and Lorelai. Not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like how Midge, when sort of like confronting May about it, just went straight to like childcare concerns. Yes, because ridiculous. that is <laughs> Midge is an independent woman, just like sees everybody in her life as childcare. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the next babysitter? <laughs> of the children we never see. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I am curious, I don't think they'll do this, but if this would bring in an abortion storyline. Because May is, uh, what we didn't say, I think, is that May is studying to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. And so she's really focused on her career. And And has access. Yes. And the look on her face when Midge was cornering her about Midge's own childcare needs Mm -hmm. in the next few years. um, It didn't look like a face that said, I'm going to get married. No, Mm -mm. it did not. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the, I mean, my problem with how they have created and sort of like uh, what they've done with May is that they've created this um, Chinese character and, you know, who comes from like a different world. And Joel is, um, unfortunately, even though Joel has opened a business in Chinatown, the only actual Chinese person he um, interacts with is the one he's sleeping with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I feel like that is we're missing something there, too. Uh, but anyway, she's there's so many things that could be really great about her, but um, everything feels very like. Thin and flat and stereotypical. So you've got, she's, you know, she's got a lot of attitude. She's got a lot of confidence. She's studying really hard to be a doctor. She cares about her career and she's going to be like completely devastated by this um, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She- um, and all that is just like, you could have written that in like four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> she does feel like a plot device because she's the interpreter between her parents and Joel, mm-hmm. which is her primary role before they start having a relationship. She does not want to meet his parents. And so we have all of this like funny stuff about how his parents are racist. Uh, funny in quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I like I really feel like she's going to leave and this is going to be her. She's going to be the plot device for Joel and Midge to get back together, Ugh, which I do right. not want. You're right, though. But like he's been he, in it from the beginning, yeah. and he has had a complete change from the asshole he was in the first season. And I, re- they love him. The Paladino Sherman yeah. Paladinos love him. Yeah. I really think we know that they're terrible at choosing men. Yeah, and so <laughs> I just think that they're going to end up together. Yeah, you're probably. Right. Have they ever chosen a man that we approved of? I really approve like of Luke. Luke. Oh yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, no strong feelings. I, 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 liked the, I liked the surgeon, the or um, Benjamin. Oh, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. But yeah. she got engaged to him in 10 seconds. I know. And then said, nope. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> it's like what was all of that? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is fine. I mean, I think this is a, I meant to mention this before when you were talking about Abe's storyline, but it's like, you're doing, girl, you're doing eight episodes a year. You used to do 22 to 25. Mm. There's too much story. For these eight episodes. Yeah. We don't need mm-hmm. a world, Simpsons-esque world being built here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I want to care about them. Although 
Rose's storyline where she was hypnotized and did the stand-up set. Yes, incredible. <laughs> it was so Like good. the only payoff for Rose as a character. You're like, four years of this annoying woman and then she does Midge's act and it was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. Word for word. Also the cabal of like matchmaking ladies, including Emily Gilmore. So mm-hmm. Kelly Bishop finally shows up yeah. on this show um, and they're all threatening relief. her. Um, and she seems like she's going to be in it next year too. Yeah. Um, that was exciting as well. Yeah, I would like to watch more of that. Not because I like Rose, but because Emily Gilmore is the best. Yeah, even though I hate all the rat face men, I do love a unit. Like, I do love people that use the same actors. Like, mm-hmm. I like that. You're like, ah! Like, Paris used mm-hmm. to be in the show and um, who else? Um, what's her face? Ginny from Bunheads is Imogene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Sasha yet, but she was popped up in Bunheads. I also feel like, where's Sutton Foster in the in yeah, this series? Question. She looks like from the time. I feel like she's got to pop up. And she five. was mm-hmm. in Year in the Life. Oh, yeah. She that. was <laughs> basically playing herself. Stars Hall of the Musical, the only good part. Uh, the video that you made us watch on Friday. <laughs> that was that not was good. Incredibly slow and long. <laughs> no, no, wait, it gets good. And it did not. <laughs> so season five, okay, they're setting up a few things. One, Kennedy election. Does that feel like it's going to be a big thing? A little bit. I don't know. They haven't been paying much attention to politics. No, even but though, even though Abe is really politically yeah, charged but they've these got days. they've been putting like Kennedy signs in the background, yeah. and now she did the Jackie thing. I'm just like interested to see if I, it factors in in any capacity. I wondered if it was just a timeline thing, um, right. because I don't know because we're following Lenny Bruce's career too. Yeah. The Carnegie Hall set I looked it up this weekend was in '61, and he dies in '66. Okay, and so I don't know if they're trying to match that up a bit there'd have to be a time jump in because the next season's the final season yeah so if he's gonna die well people love their flash forwards in tv they do um also lenny who she finally slept with Mm -hmm. i did like that i like i like lenny i like lenny too played by Mm -hmm. luke kirby canadian actor yeah so we have two men that we really like yeah Um, at least two but he but he yelled at her (laughs) at the end and i think he's disappointed in her uh, he should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has been disappointing. Perfectly right to yell at her. Yeah. Team Lenny Bruce on this one. <laughs> and she sees this rather cheesy billboard in a snowstorm and then w- decides to oh go get a talk show. Yeah. Which I think is cool. I think that's that's sort of what she should do. I like that you guys immediately got that and I was like, she's gonna she's gonna try to get interviewed by that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she does have a plan. Because it was like, what was that guy's name? Gordon fuckface I don't know it said go forward is what the si- she saw the but signs was, say yeah. but then it, Ford yeah and it, G- Gordon, Gordon Ford, Ford maybe Gord Ford um, <laughs> and then it was what's Dan from Veep uh, who we've been seeing all season interview we're very people. good at names yeah <laughs> read something um and uh, and yeah, so and she also had that showdown with Sophie Lennon on Sophie's game show, oh. which is not the same as a talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, what did, we didn't love that, right? It went on again. It went on too long, so long. And Midge did a mic drop, which people didn't do back then, but I mm-hmm. did love it. I also I, love when she fell in the pit, but that's like this is like I love it when I was watching that episode where she fell in the pit. You were like, keep watching. Yeah, I turned away and I was like, something happened. I heard a big crash because she falls. It's like so far back when she oh, falls. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I really hated that Sophie Lennon scene, but also because I'm so tired of their dynamic. Yeah. And so I just like, how many times can Midge go back to her and Sophie Lennon attack her? And also the other way around, because the reason that Sophie Lennon hated her in the first place was because Midge outed her secret about her set. 
and then mm-hmm. was surprised that she was blacklisted. Like, I don't care about Sophie Lennon one way or the other, but like, that's a dumb thing to God do if you're a real asshole. She, she's bad. <laughs> I know that, I know there weren't <laughs> that many female comics at the time, but I do think it's kind of a disservice that mm-hmm. um, it's that it's set up as like Midge and Sophie just like kind of at each other mm-hmm. as sort of like the two sides of like what that was or what it could be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I wish that we had more comparable characters to like, I don't know, compare the two against. It just can't be like Mitch or Sophie all the time. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating to me that Lenny was the person who really tried to like talk some sense into her at the end. Not like they, they've they built this really good relationship. It makes sense. He's her mentor. But like, I just, for her to keep on moving in this sexist world against female comics, like women comics, um, and then Lenny Bruce to tell her what the deal is, like, yeah. she can figure it out. Yeah. Or Sophie Lennon or someone else who's nice can tell her. I don't know. <clears throat> it's disappointing. Also, the great joke of Sophie Lennon used to be that she played this, like, bumpkin, but she was secretly a rich monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who wore a fat suit. Yeah. Again. And, and again, I also think the Paladinos have a very um, skewed idea of wealth <laughs> 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 and what working class actually is and how it how they portray everything. I mean, I kind of like, like, Maisel takes place in a rich world, and I'm kind of fine with that. Whereas, like, Gilmore, a lot of their struggles were, were money-related, but always knowing that we had... A backup. Yeah. Do you remember when Rory went to her grandparents, like, I have a deal for you. Yeah, this is my so deal. Mom doesn't know. <laughs> I will continue Friday night dinners, and you will pay for school, and I will maybe pay you back someday. And they're like, Terrific. Huzzah! (laughs) Look who we raised! (laughs) God, let's talk about Roy Gilmore for a minute. That took some real backbone. Oh, what a little dickhead, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's just like, she was supposed to be so ambitious, and she is so lazy. Yeah. Like, the the reboot, I think, of everyone did her an awful mm-hmm. disservice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was In- like, you made these characters. Like, <laughs> Why are you ruining them? How could you have brought Honestly. them here? But um, this is, like, this my the, – the thing that, like, really turned me on Rory was that, um, that episode early on where, like, the sort of, like, joke is that Lane is being shipped off to Korea, you know? And, and like, there's, like, a one-way ticket and she's going to see relatives – doesn't know when she's coming back. The suitcase keeps getting like larger and larger and she's panicking. And like Rory does nothing to yeah. comfort her. No. It's like completely distracted by her own thing. And, and and anyway, it's just like you're like, oh yeah, she is a terrible, terrible friend, even to her best friend. Yeah. And to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And she, like, season seven, the season we don't want to speak about, <laughs> Lynn gets pregnant and married, gets pregnant after she's had sex for a single time, by the way, with twins. Horrifying. Yeah. Personally. Um, Second but, like, teenage marriage on that show. Yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. what, why, first of all, why can't we have a pregnancy, pregnancy storyline that doesn't, like, completely make the woman stay at home for a while? Like, Lorelai, sure, but everybody else, no. Suki also had kids and then was, like, cooking and cleaning after them all day. Yeah. Um, but, Lore, oh, sorry, not Lorelai. Rory had no time for Lane mm-hmm. when she was having her kids. And, like, 
She's stuck in Stars Hollow. Also, why was there no scene where Rory was like, you know how we're both like into women's rights? Why aren't you having an abortion? That would have been a nice scene. Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) A nice scene. It would have been nice. Warner Brothers wouldn't have liked that. (laughs) No, but it's just like nobody ever talked about options or what Lane's life would look like, what she wanted it to look like. Mm -hmm. And if she wanted to have kids, then cool. But that's not what we got from her. No, we, and she was she, really young. Yeah, she. And then how does her storyline end with fucking Zach touring with Tokyo Police Club? And Lane oh my god, I like, forgot. Yeah, <laughs> Tokyo Police Club. <laughs> um, Maybe but, I'll play a song by them to take and, us home. Perfect. And Lane was the only character who like who like really sacrificed to be her own person and like mm-hmm. to get what she wanted. And she worked like super hard to have all those things. And she lived with those guys. And you know like. Yeah, her mother, like, threw her out, basically. Mm -hmm. She, like, cut her off for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mrs. Kim, always a big fan of Mrs. Kim, Mm -hmm. except for that Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But it was understandable. You weren't even like, oh, this is surprising behavior from this very strict woman. Yeah. Yeah, of course she's going to do that. Yeah, who also didn't speak to Lane when she moved out with her male roommates. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, like, I mean, kind of in the same way that May is this, like, stereotypical, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of, like... um, Asian storyline, um, yeah, like it, it's a real credit to Lane. I don't remember the name of the actor, but um, that that storyline kind of was so stereotypical, and yet it was played with like such like amazing nuance. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, her like real regret after spending her whole childhood like hiding everything from her mother. Um, her real regret about not having a connection. You know that she like genuinely wanted it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just made me so sad. <laughs> well, Lane, was, Lane was one of my favorite characters, and she got so little time mm-hmm. at, at some points in the seasons. Especially once Roy went to Yale and we were in Stars Hollow less. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to spend less time with Dean, Jess, and Logan. <laughs> Jess especially. <laughs> Jess especially. <laughs> Who I, like, I don't think I remember loving him that, like, when I first watched Gilmore Girls, but who I've since come to hate. Well, he's a 30-year-old man playing a 16-year-old, one, and looks it. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> okay, head of the class. <laughs> um, let's. Uh, this is getting long, but let's sit to Bunheads for a quick second because I think um, that show... So Holly and I went to a television festival in Texas because, oh, I remember where I'm going with this now. Uh, because they had reunited the cast. They were going to reunite the cast of Gilmore, which apparently this is the event that made Netflix go, oh, shit, people are obsessed with this show. We're going to give them money to make new ones, which Denise and I uncovered in a story I will tell after this. Um, but we went to Texas um, to, to see that. But there was also Bunhead. So we saw Sutton Foster do a little Q&A. You were there, weren't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were both there. Sue didn't get in, into any of the Paladino stuff, our other friend who went with us. No, 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 she didn't. It she was didn't just get us. into We were anything. very dedicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was fine. Um, and I really felt like that show, it has a shaky beginning. Like, the premise is so stupid. Like, she's a Vegas showgirl. She marries fucking Ferris Bueller's best friend who immediately dies and leaves her his estate which includes his mother's dance school and his mother is of course played by emily bishop who is kelly wait who is of course played by kelly bishop who is emily gilmore the universe continues um and so they they have this this relationship where they're like strangers but they're both dancers and then there's all these girls anyway i loved it 
Loved, loved, loved it. And it got canceled after one season. A lot of people said because of the name, which is very stupid. Um, it's like, no one to watch a show called Bunheads. It's I like, do- what? We watch stupidly named things all the time. <laughs> um, so what were your vibes on Bunheads? Oh, man. I I mean, Bunheads was a slow starter, but by that second half, I was I was super into it, and I always wanted there to be more. Yeah. yeah. A dance number every episode. It was so um, good. The way they ended with, um, ooh, what's her name? Who plays Ginny now? Mm-hmm. Uh, or no, Imogene now? Yeah. Imogene now. Um, anyway, her whole breakdown, like I just, it was so well done. It was so, there was... There was like dancing and fun and like good characters, but there was also like like just real, real emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although the premise of it almost made me stop watching after the first episode. Definitely. Was, I was like borderline not going to keep going. And then I loved it so much that I was really glad I did. But just why does it have to be so convoluted? Just yeah. like, figure it Shaky out. Shaky start. And remember there was that like mysterious man that lived up a road that we saw once. It was oh, like he's on the private about, road and we forgot. never heard about it again. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. God. <laughs> I don't remember any rat face men in Bunheads. Do you? Oh, uh, no, but there was like, remember Talia gets married and I don't remember. Crucial girlfriend. Other yeah. yeah. I guess just Ferris Bueller's best friend, but he dies in the first episode. He does mm. and he's gone. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if it's in the first episode, <clears throat> there's no spoiler. That's true. Um. Anyway, the Paladinos, not perfect, but they entertain. Um. So Denise and I were spoiled twice, Gilmore related. <laughs> She lived in Santa Barbara for a couple of years. So I went there in 2004 or five and we did the Warner Brothers tour in Los Angeles and we harangued the guide. They hated us so much. They really Everybody did. on the tour hated us. They, they hated want, us. They all wanted to go hang out in Central Park. Yeah. And we were like, we want to go. We want to go to the Gilmore houses. Yeah. We went to we went to the they were like the tour guide's name was Bebet. It was her last day. Oh, because she got a show, a job on the show, Joey, which was a friend spinoff. Great. Lasted one year. I don't think Babette's working there anymore. Um, anyway, yeah, so she would be like, my Gilmore ladies, what would you like? We ran off the tour at one point. She had to come find us at Luke's. Are you in a Gilmore Girls episode? Uh, we, we are not. <laughs> yeah. But we got spoiled because we went into um, the Gilmore the house. Gilmore house. And, and we were in Richard's. And we were in Richard's office. And we there's saw a, the painting. There was a handwritten... They had just wrapped production. There's a handwritten note that Amy fucking probably wrote, and I wish we had stolen. I know. And it was a line. It was a line change that implied from this piece of paper that maybe Rory was pregnant. It was like it was when she decided not to go home. She and Lorelai were fighting. I can't remember why. Yeah, so they were shooting season five, four or five. I thought it was four. Doesn't matter. I think it's anyway. Um, but yeah, and, and so we were in we were in Richard's office, and Jesus. I was I know, and I was there was this note on the desk, um, like a whole bunch of handwritten notes, and um, this is I mean literally like we can say a lot about my Catholic upbringing. I I just like <laughs> stared at it really hard, trying to like <laughs> memorize it. You know, like it did not occur to me to steal it. No, that's amazing. That would have been, I don't know. What if we'd gotten thrown off the tour? What if we'd gotten thrown off the tour? <laughs> You'd already run off the we tour. Had, by that yeah, point. it was just like I was like I was making my eyes bigger. I was like, remember every word. Um, anyway, and it said something like Rory will live here for the summer, and I was like, why? Why will she live here? Because the season was still mm-hmm. airing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. So we never knew what it meant. Um, and then, two thousand and sixteen. 
we went to Los Angeles to see Jenny Lewis, Rabbit Fur Coat, which was supposed to be like a four-night stand, and she ended up doing a whole tour, and we went to see it in Toronto as well many months later. Um, and we went to see Conan, and we were in holding for Conan, just like randomly on the Warner Brothers lot. And you saw- just line up after lineup. What did you see? Saw the huppa. She saw the huppa. <laughs> and the then huppa. <laughs> we got corralled by this trailer, and it said, Gilmore Girls on it. <gasps> That's exciting. I was like, I don't think you told me that. They part. had not announced it yet. Like, yeah, we, it was. We fit. Know, I'm we, like, you can't have, Huppa. you know can't have the from public come through here with cell phones <laughs> and just have Gilmore Girls on the side of a building and think it's going to be okay. <laughs> That's amazing. So we knew about the reboot before it was announced, and I we wish I could go back in time Bell and stop it. We did see Belle Devoe. <laughs> they were doing the live what? Grease that weekend. <laughs> And there was biblical rain and they had to do it. There's biblical rain. Do you remember that? And they had to do it with umbrellas. I watched it on the plane. Um, So, yes, deep Gilmore connection. The details of the story. They are astounding. (laughs) These shows and these people, they they do mean a lot to me, even though they piss me off. And how stoked is Amy to have the hat budget that she has (laughs) for Midge? Because if you know this about Amy Sherman Palladino, she loves a hat. Loves a hat. I She's would love to see your hat closet. Very dedicated to her hat. <laughs> As someone, uh, Rebecca Falvey, former guest on this show, once uh, texted to me, utterly relentless hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And on, I am not a hat person. I like it too. Me either. I have, coof- I have curly hair. You can't. No, you can't. And th- But they're just so extravagant. I'm like, why would you be wearing that? But Susie did that, get that really great line this year <gasps> where she said, I must be hanging out with you too much because I think you picked the wrong hat. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She is. Her delivery was was better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is the kind of thing where, like, no matter how much the show annoys me, I'm just so happy they have Emmy money now because it means more hats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hats and hat equivalents. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amazon Prime, for all that you do. (laughs) And we can travel more because I love the Catskills. Yes. Mm -hmm. The Catskills section is really good. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. Paris stuff was like a little bit. And heavy, honestly, but... when she was touring with Shy, they were doing like a musical number every episode, like yeah. kind of too many. Mm-hmm. Maybe too many. A little bit too long. <laughs> I loved the Miami stuff. I loved every part oh, of it. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. The hotel was like the decoration, the architecture was so fascinating. I mm-hmm. really love it. The colors, the clubs. Yep. Yeah. All right. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, we recommend it. <laughs> You've got four seasons to catch up on. It's not many episodes, it's like 40 episodes. No. Yeah. Sometimes eight, Three. sometimes ten. One time ten, I think. Oh. Yeah, like there's less than 40. You've watched way worse shows than that. <laughs> that is not a good sell. <laughs> You've watched way shittier shows than this with way more episodes. If you've watched all of How I Met Your Mother, you owe yourself, owe it to yourself to watch the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Denise, Holly, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. is engineered by Palmer Jamison at the Golden Palm and produced by the Halifax Examiner.